0: Thank you for listening to this audio recording from the pastoral team at Church of the Redeemer, an Anglican church in Greensboro, North Carolina. If you'd like to know more about Church of the Redeemer, its ministry, or its mission, then visit us online at RedeemerGSO.org. So good morning to you all uh, in this room, in the greenhouse and online. And I hope that you've had a great week and a great weekend celebrating these amazing truths that God has drawn near I do want to apologize if I break into spontaneous quotes of the movie Elf. We watched it on Friday night with my family, and for the love of all things righteous, I cannot get it out of my head. Um, I do particularly love this Sunday of many Sundays, and I've always been um, really joyed when I'm up to preach on this Sunday, the Sunday after Christmas Day. Um, I was certainly sad to, to miss having our pajama Christmas Day service this year because of the current season we're in, but next year we will return to that. The Sunday after Christmas is always typically a low Sunday. It's low in our enthusiasm, it's low in our attendance, but it's actually very powerful in meaning, and these hymns that we sing during this season are so good. They are just so powerful. And this year, I get to spend this Sunday and next reflecting on this gospel that was read, John chapter 1. And possibly for me, the most theologically rich, full and deep 18 passages of Scripture, what is known as the prologue, are um, going to be on display these next two weeks. So we're going to look at John 1, but precisely we are looking at John Chapter 1, verse 1, just one verse. And I can assure you that each of the 18 verses alone, taken one by one, could produce their own uh, great tome of work to describe the full meaning of them. But I would like to just spend time uh, in this passage today on John chapter 1, verse 1. For this Christmas season, all these songs, all these traditions... All these celebrations are geared to remind us who is at the center of this story, our story, the story of humanity, and the person at the center of that story is the king of angels, God, but not just God somewhere or up there or out there, but God from God, And his life from eternity past has come into our very present reality. God from God, light from light, as we say. Action and energy bursting forth into creation. Everything that we know and see and certainly bursting forth into our hearts. And perhaps there's not a better explanation than the very old and famous Christmas hymn, which expresses it this way. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus, our Emmanuel. So let's pray and ask the Lord to teach us. We thank you, Lord, for this day, the richness and the fullness. And whether we're watching on a computer screen or sitting in a room or present here, we pray that your words would find in our hearts fertile grounds that we would receive the Lord Jesus and believe upon him. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. And as we sing and celebrate, may our hearts be kindled with the thought that you have come to us. Emmanuel, God with us. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would teach us in this one short and tiny but very deep verse what it means to know God and to be known by him. And we pray this through the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. So if you'd like to turn with me to John chapter 1, And you can pull it up in your Bibles and look at just the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning is the second verse, but I'm just going to stay with the first. And I want us to see from this very tiny verse, very short verse, very compact, three powerful descriptions of the character of the Son, Jesus Christ, whom John is calling the word, and they are this, these three very important things. First, his eternality. Secondly, his relationality, that's a real word. And third, his divinity. So his eternality, his relationality, and his divinity. And now you're thinking, I'm trying to show off with big fancy words, I'm not. Um, But I'll try to describe those uh, points, the the framework for today's message, with some other phrases. So the first one, Jesus, the Word of God, is eternal in nature. He is eternally preexistent before everything. He is outside of time and space. He has always been and will always be. This is the first part of the verse. The second is that Jesus, the word of God, is relational in his persona. He is eternal in his relationship to God, the Father. And third, that Jesus, the word of God, is God and is truly, fully, and perfectly divine. Or we might say it, he is eternally Divine. So let's start with the first part. In the beginning was the Word. You know, we turn back to the book of Genesis, and in Genesis chapter 1, we see the author, some would say it's Moses, I think that's who it was, is dealing with this fixed point in creation, in the beginning, when creation came to be, Moses is writing about, God made everything, the heavens and the earth, in the beginning, at that point in time. It was the first glimpse of creation, and the book of Genesis is not this scientific manual to help us try to figure out how creation happened, but it's a framework for us to understand this very important point that God has created. But when we turn forward to John chapter 1, we see that this verse goes further back than even Genesis 1. The Greek word in John 1 is translated into the same English word, beginning, but it means much more and much further back. It means the origin, that by which anything begins to be. In eternity past, the writer of John chapter 1, verse 1 is saying, there was the word. And again, another very important term here, the word. When we hear the term, the word of God, we often think of this, a physical book or a written word or a spoken word. And that's partly um, contained in this. But when John is writing this word, he is using something way deeper. It's like he packs a lot of meaning into this Greek word logos. And it's like a big suitcase of depth and meaning. It's almost like what your plate looks like when you go to an all-you-can-eat buffet. You're taking from this and this and this, and you're packing it on your plate, and then you're going to eat your little hearts out. The meaning of this word is so full. Let's see this again. From all of eternity past, there was the Logos of God. Now, stay with me for just a second. I know it's the day after Christmas. It's tempting for your eyes to glaze over But I want you to see Logos, this word, the word, encompasses thought and action. Psalm 33, 6, God spoke and the heavens were created by his word. The logic and the meaning and the purpose of God. So the Logos of God, called the word, is the revelation and the creative expression of God. So it's not just a simple, the word. In other words, the word of God, Jesus, is an eternal being. He was and always was. Now, you may ask yourself, is this just an exercise in pulpitry showmanship? By no means. What I want you to understand is that the very word of God, Jesus, has always been and will always be and this matters to your life, more important than we often know. This is of the greatest importance to you, and it is because of this. We are creatures subject to the chances and changes of this life. We are all changing. When I was in college, I learned That except for brain cells, almost every cell in your body dies and is reproduced by another cell. So even your body is not the same body it was five years ago or ten years ago. Everything is changing. And over a lifetime, think about the way that you've changed, things that you think about, things that you do, how we've all changed. And our culture around us is always changing. What's cool today is not cool tomorrow. The Greek thinker Heraclitus once wrote, the only constant in life is, in fact, change. Except the word is eternal. Unchanging. Always is and always will be. And the reason that we need to hear this is that we all try and hitch our lives to things that do not last, hoping and praying that they will provide certainty. So, the true celebration we need is a breath of fresh air on the greatness of God. Otherwise, our Christmas tide experience is just sipping sentimentality. You catch a vision that Jesus, the Word, was always ising and wasing. And you're confronted with your smallness and your finiteness and your weakness. But at the same time, you are assured of His constancy, His eternality, and His abiding reality, God with us. What are you hanging your hat upon in this life? Where is the anchor for your ship? If you lost everything, what would you cling to? The word of God, Jesus, has existed independent of time for all eternity. He does not change. He is completely trustworthy. So that's our first point. In the beginning was the word. Let's move to the second part of John chapter 1-1, and that is this. And the word was with God. This statement isn't just a matter of location. He is over there. She's around that corner. But it also means the word was distinct from God. The word was present with God. If you and I are in the room, we might say, well, you know, I'm in the room. Alan is with me, or I'm with Alan, or whichever way you prefer to use your English grammar. There is a location element to these statements. But also, in this case, it implies more of presence. We were together. The Word was present to God. In other words, the Word had a relationship and has a relationship to God. And the word was with God. And the uniqueness of the Christian view of God is that God is eternally relational. He has been in relationship for all of eternity. And he has held and sustained an eternal relationship before anything existed It is in his character and nature to know others and to reveal himself to others and to want to reveal himself to his creation. Some theologians say that the creation of God is his glorious self-revelation to all of the universe to say, here's what I'm like, here's who I am. Come and know me, come and join my family. God so delights in knowing that it says even in Genesis when he created men and women in his image, he delighted in them. That's how much he desires to have relationship with us. You know, it's almost like you see a parent delighting in the birth of their child. I watched on Christmas Eve Emma Ruth Seiler sing, and the girl can flat out sing, but her parents stood in the back of the room, smiling, delighting, in watching their child, whom they have raised and they know. It's not unlike this, that God's greatest interest in us is that we know him and he knows us. But this is what's true of most of us. We are either searching for friends, longing for friends, Longing for new friends, longing for old friends, or running from friendship to protect ourselves. Trafficking in shadows and mysteries. This is what's true of us, running toward friends or running from our nature. But the word was with God, and that means that you exist and were created to know him and to become family with him through friendship. Many people will stumble through life trying to find their meaning and purpose and often unable to do that very well. And you will not be satisfied in this life or in your personhood unless you have a relationship with the word. Everything else is just striving. But you might ask, well, how do I have a relationship With someone I cannot see, this word, who some people talk about, who lived a long time ago, but he's not front and center with me. How do I know this word? The basis of our relationship with God, the Son, right now, at this time, is not sight, something I see, or grasp, or apprehend fully with my senses but faith something i know for some their relationship with the word jesus was sight and faith they're called the apostles these remarkable folks who changed world history let's listen to 1st john, john chapter 1 That which was from the beginning, he's echoing John chapter one, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life, the life appeared. We have seen it and we testify to it and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and has appeared to us we proclaim to you what we have seen and what we heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. What I'm saying is there is a a group of people who saw Jesus With their eyes, they heard him, they touched him, but they also had to believe in him. And their sight and their faith unites us to them and to Jesus. This is why we say we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. But listen, Jesus says something to one of these apostles, Thomas. He says, listen, Thomas, because you have seen me, Have you believed? Blessed are those who do not see and have yet believed. Blessed are they who have not seen and yet believed. That's us. And as great as the apostles were, you are blessed who believe in this word without seeing. Now, some would say, but that's reckless. I mean, you don't ask anyone else to believe in something if they can't see it or prove it. That's why it is called faith. What has made this year so hard, we could say, is we also have lacked this connection and relationship to one another. So naturally, if we don't see the word, it's very hard for us to Feel like he is real to us. That's why we go back to the truth of the scriptures. The word was with God and the word is with you and you can be with the word. Which brings me to my third point. Finally, John says in the third part of this first verse of chapter one. And the word was God. From the creed, again, we say the word, Jesus, was eternally begotten, not created of the Father. God from God, light from from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. Okay, lest I completely lose us with this passage, um, let me remind us that this is the most powerful, this is the final exclamation point of this verse, but all three of these things hang together. Jesus is God eternally from the beginning. Jesus is present to God in relationship, and now we see in this last section, Jesus is God in full divinity. So there is God the Father, who is not God the Son. And this chapter, John chapter 1, doesn't even address the Holy Spirit fully, God the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want us to grasp about this verse. Jesus was in every way possible God, yet he was a separate person from God the Father. He was constantly God and eternally God, but he was also God distinctly. In the Greek language, there's no article. He's not a God or the God. He's simply God. Now, you may think this is hard to understand. It is hard to understand. I want you to know that the church in the fourth century for 181 years argued and struggled with this. Who is Jesus? And eventually they concluded this, which is found simply in this passage. Jesus, the word, was of the same substance of God as God, but was also God himself. Now, if your mind isn't hurting, my mind is, but I'll tell you what, my heart leaps in this passage One writer says it this way, one theologian. The simple sentence of verse 1 is the most compact and pulsating theological statement in all of Scripture. Jesus was always existing from all eternity as God in perfect fellowship with God the Father. And though not mentioned in this passage, God the Holy Spirit. So you may wonder, okay, Alan, what what then does all of this mean? I mean, I've got a visa bill to pay from Christmas. I've got to raise my family. We go back to school. I'm trying to stay safe from sickness. I've got to go back to my job. I'm playing with my friends. What does this mean to me today, seated here or watching this? It means this, if you have seen Jesus, you have seen God. If you listen to Jesus, you are listening to God. Everyone wants to know what God is like. All you have to do is observe Jesus. Angela Kay will occasionally send me to the refrigerator and she'll say, would you go to the refrigerator and get the ketchup or the salad dressing? And it's amazing. I open the doors and I can see everything except the ketchup or the salad dressing. And it's probably right there staring in front of me. And I turn to her and I say, I can't find it. And she comes over and with all love and affection says, it's right there. And I go, oh, it's right there. It's right there with God. Jesus is right there in front of us. If you've seen Jesus, if you've heard Jesus, if you are listening to Jesus, you are listening to God. All along, I hear people will say, you know, I feel dry or I feel weary. I don't feel close to God. I don't hear from God. When at least in the Gospels, at least in his words to us, God is speaking directly. He says, love your neighbor as yourself. And I go, well, I, I feel kind of dry right now. Well, listen to what Jesus says. Love your neighbor as yourself, and you will experience your faith becoming real because you will listen to his words and encounter the living God. I talk with some who will say, I just want to know what God wants. Well, listen to Jesus. He will tell you everything that God wants. You see, friends, John 1, 1 helps us understand something really profound for our life. And let me summarize this in close. Jesus, the word, is eternal, changeless, and trustworthy completely trustworthy. Who in this life do you really trust? Second, Jesus the word is loving and desires to know you and you to know him. And listen, all of eternity will not be enough time for you to get to know him. Are you seeking him? What a better season than Christmas when we have all these songs and symbols and celebrations, what a better season than now or today to seek after Him. And lastly, Jesus, the Word, is God. If you hear Him or observe His life in His manner, you are seeing and experiencing God in a world crowded by activity and commotion and information god speaks to us through his son are you listening to him or perhaps some other verses let us pray we thank you lord that you have revealed to you to us your creation the word the word of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. And may we know him and seek him and listen to him and obey him and be found in you. And we thank you for this truth. And we pray that you would bless us this Christmas season in Jesus' name, amen.